we're in an era of rapid change where resilience is vital. The Davout for Thought podcast dives into the most important topics in government and technology today. Our host, Davout Goats, sits down with his vast network of colleagues to dish on the tech challenges that affect us all. Follow this podcast on your favorite platform and join the conversation by sharing it on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Direct Technologies Davout for Thought podcast. I'm Davout Kotz and I will be your host today. The way I stay up with the pressing topics of tech and government of today is to tap into the panel of experts I've had the honor of connecting with over the years. Today, we are honored to have retired Army Colonel Keith Thresh on our podcast. Earlier this month, Keith was selected as the new Chief Information Security Officer for State of Idaho. In 2011, he was appointed by Governor Brown as the Chief Information Security Officer for the State of California. Prior to that, he was employed for 12 years with the California National Guard, working initially as telecommunications manager and ultimately serving as their CIO and IT director. Other positions Keith has held are CISO of Orange County, CIO for the California High-Speed Rail Authority, and also commander of the California Cybersecurity Integration Center for Governor Brown's Office of Emergency Services. Keith, without sharing any more of your background, mainly because I'm going to ask about you, I want to welcome you to this episode of Davout for Thought podcast and ask you to tell us about yourself. And for someone who doesn't know about your background, please give us a brief overview of what you've done and what are you currently working on. Welcome, Keith. Thanks, Davout. And, you know, I've known you a while and got uh, the honor to spend a lot of time working on boards and committees and, and things with you while I was with the um, state of California. So I, this is an honor for me as well. So I, I actually was in the military a very long time. I, you know, full-time and uh, in the guard, I, I spent most of my career as a full-time national guardsman, but I started out as an enlisted guy way back in 1980 during the cold war and uh, became an officer about 10 years later was a logistics person for a while and then got into um, army IT and uh, loved it. And uh, through that, I uh, had the honor of uh, meeting uh, Terry Takai, who was the CIO for state of California at the time. And, uh, you know, through my work and, and, and stuff with California, I ended up talking to her about the potential for becoming the state um, CISO for California. And, Applied, got the job, and I was honored to work with Carlos Ramos um, and Paul Benedetto over there. And uh, it was it was a great great tour. So and and I've kind of gone back and forth between being a CIO and a CISO just because I truly truly enjoy giving back and public service. When I left and retired from the state of California to move to the state of Idaho back in uh, late 2018, I started doing public sector, I mean private sector. I'm sorry. Uh, consulting. And uh, it wasn't just the pandemic. It was me being at home and not really feeling like I was giving back or was was contributing to a cause. And so with that, I started looking for public sector jobs again and was honored. Um, and I'm privileged to have met Jeff Week, who is the administrator of uh, information technology services here in Idaho. And uh, through that, um, you know, meeting, 
I ended up working for him, applied for the job as a state CISO here and uh, got hired on. So I'm, I'm really happy and blessed to be in this position and, uh, you know, looking forward again to being a public servant. Excellent. You've made your rounds, Keith. Um, and, uh, <laughs> that can be a good and a bad thing. No, that's a good thing. You have, have a well-rounded experience. Um, you know, one of our founders at Direct Technology, John Sirkiu, is also a retired Army guy. And I'm sure he would be pleased to know that we had you on the podcast today. Awesome. We are, Direct Technology is a veteran-owned uh, consulting firm. That's great. Keith, from your perspective, uh, what emerging trends are you seeing in our field that we all should be paying more attention to these days? Well, I, you know, and I, I don't like to do the, you know, the obvious and the, and the cliches, um, but I think earlier this year when the um, supply chain issues started happening, you know, with the, first of all, solar winds, and then uh, with the Microsoft Exchange issues, you know, that those are, you know, I think that's something that, you know, one of the areas that I don't think we've really paid a lot of attention to because we're, they're big companies, Microsoft and, you know, solar is these bigger companies where we can trust these things. So I think what that brought to light in my mind and where I think we really need to start on emerging trends is, is looking at the bigger companies and making sure we're not putting all of our eggs in one basket. And we're not, you know, we're being very careful about doing that. Like it's very easy to, to, you know, kind of, you know, Microsoft's got pretty much um, a whole, uh, you know, arsenal of things you can get from them on, you know, all across your network. So just being careful that we're not um, losing sight of, we have to remain vigilant on security and any company at any time can be a victim of, of, of a cyber attack and could truly disrupt a lot of things. And I think the events of, uh, you know, just recently, you know, with the pipeline um, hack um, shows us that right. nobody is uh, immune and we need to remain vigilant on all areas. I think what happens is we get focused on certain areas of cyber and we lose track of other stuff. We have to really try to remain as flexible and be looking at as many things as possible based on resources. Definitely cybersecurity is a trend that has picked up and uh, everyone is paying more attention to it from the legislature to directors, to secretaries, to CIOs, uh, CISOs, of course. And uh, it is an area that does need more attention as we have learned every day. For sure. I think you would agree that adjusting to the pandemic was challenging for many organizations. And now everyone is thinking of what the next major disruption is going to be and how can we better be prepared for it. So resiliency is a big topic of conversation these days. Mm -hmm. We have a service at Direct Technology called Resiliency as a Service to help organizations become more resilient, have a business continuity plan in place, et cetera, et cetera. What are some examples of resilience you've seen in your business in the past year or recently? And what is one thing that organizations should be doing to improve resilience? Well, I, I have to say that, um, you know, I, I being fairly new to the state of Idaho, uh, the government and, uh, and information technology services, I would have to say, you know, an example of good resiliency uh, was my organization. Um, 
I, I came aboard and I was very impressed by how they were able to go from, uh, you know, everybody's in the office to all the way everybody's at home. Well, 90% of the people were at home. There was a handful of folks that stayed on budgetary wise and, and doing uh, things that you have to actually be on, on, on board for. But so, so the resiliency piece was that they were able to take all of these folks and, and all of the missions that they were doing. But because by the way, state of Idaho is going through what they call modernization, where they're bringing um, folks on to one big, um, you know, platform. In other words, um, information technology services in Idaho is the now de facto, you know, just like uh, California Department of Technology is in California, where they're doing, um, you know, kind of modernization slash consolidation kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So they were able to go and take all of these folks and especially going through this because they were in the early stages of these things and have these folks work. In fact, just recently we started bringing most folks back into the office here, um, but without disruption and without stopping um, the mission of the modernization that they're going through and knock on wood, you know, always say this, um, you know, without having any major disruptions and or uh, major issues go on uh, as far as cyber goes um, and having any uh, problems. So that to me was huge because, you know, and, and kind of going into the other half of your question, you know, you talked about, you know, what, what can, what sh can and should folks be doing with resiliency? Well, I think, again, going back to, you know, part of thinking about what can we do better? You know, nobody really thought about a global pandemic and, and had that scenario in their business continuity plan. Okay. So to that end, or, or based on that, I, I would say this, we need to be, again, much more creative and, and start thinking about other scenarios when we're talking about resiliency and business continuity, you know, we have to get outside the box of our thinking on scenarios that might happen because it's easy to say, well, a flood or a fire or, you know, a smoking hole, your building goes down or whatever. Um, but we've got to start thinking about those things. And what can we do to ensure that we're not going to be caught, you know, shorthanded or, or you know, not prepared for any type of, of, of a scenario that comes up that we're going to need to, you know, change what we're doing. So um, the big piece is practicing and using or utilizing both your business continuity plan and your disaster recovery plans, because all of them are great on paper, but if you're not practicing them and if you're not looking for the holes by practicing them, um, you can fall very short on, oh, great, we didn't realize that that was not going to work because X, Y, and Z. So, um, you know, updating and keeping your plans practiced is a huge way I think folks can um, become and or maintain their resiliency. Perfect. You know, uh, first of all, I'm glad and uh, congratulations on being able to continue the modernization effort in Idaho without any stopping of the mission. Uh, so that's great because that's what really resilience is about, being able to continue the business of the organization even when a disruption occurs. So, yep. uh, you know, in this case, it was global pandemic. But as you said, what are some of the other scenarios? So thinking outside the box, power outage in a region, 
What if the Western US goes out of power? Are you prepared to continue the business of the organization in that case? Or as we have experienced in the recent months, a civil unrest that caused organizations to close their doors. Will yep. the residents and citizens and constituents of that uh, region be able to receive services while those disruptions happen? So uh, you're spot on. And by practicing and utilizing their business continuity plan, testing the disaster recovery and all of that. So perfect. Keith, at Direct Technology, we always talk about how we are going to get a project or an effort done, but we also ask, why are we doing what we are doing? What is your why? What motivates you, in other words, in your work? Well, this is a huge thing, and it's, it's pretty much the driving force about why I came back and, and wanted to come back into the public service, uh, into being in public service, and that is... Um, giving back and or making folks aware of what's really going on. One of my big mantras and things that I've, I've done since I was a CISO of California back in 2011 is I've always wanted to, and we've always talked about, and we always was prioritizing outreach. Uh, you know, Davood, from, from your time in state service as well, you know, the states, you know, the state service and state governments, we struggle with resources and personnel and skill sets and that kind of thing. But when you take that and you start looking down at lower governments like counties and municipalities, tribes, territories, those kinds of things, and then school districts, you, you know, you start talking about that, the quasi, uh, you know, uh, government agencies, university systems, that kind of thing. They struggle even more. And then you start talking about small businesses um, in the communities. Okay. So, for me, the why is giving back and, and being uh, one of those kind of guys that, you know, I want to always be looking out for and, and trying to find ways to provide resources and help for things, not just at the state level where I'm, where I'm uh, you know, assigned, but down to all the way down as far as we can go. You know, obviously it, it's resource driven and money driven and that kind of thing, but we always want to be looking at how can we help our community and everyone else. And one of the things my team is always doing, and we, we've already done a few of them. And it's tough right now in the, uh, you know, pandemic era, but uh, going out and doing what I call uh, community outreach, going out and have giving briefings on what's, what are really the threats like cyber hygiene, I call it for, you know, elderly folks, for veterans, for small businesses, because those are three big target areas. So the why is we really want to help people um, understand what the threats are at the human level and down at the personal level. Excellent. What a great motivator, serving the public. I want to take this opportunity to thank you for your service, but usually you hear that because you're a military guy, but <laughs> I wanna thank you for your service, for serving the public and serving in the military. It's been my honor. Yeah. This month is the uh, Public Service Appreciation Month. So thanking yeah. all the public service employees who are listening. 
Keith, I, I'm really interested then in uh, hearing what inspires innovation on your team. When you are in an organization, you've had many different teams working at different departments. What inspires innovation on your team? It wasn't tough for me because uh, I said it wasn't tough um, when it came from the military, because this is a lot of the stuff that I use to innovate and to, to keep folks excited came from my time as a commander in the military. I'm a very big proponent for powering down. And I'm also a big proponent of no single point of failure. And by that, I mean, on my team, I have a very small team. I have um, four plus myself uh, in the, on the cyber team here. And so I've got a compliance side and I've got kind of a policy side. Um, but we all kind of over, um, you know, bleed over and then, uh, into the other areas, meaning cross training and allowing folks to not just be pigeonholed into one job. Meaning if I'm compliance, I don't get, just get stuck doing compliance stuff all the time. Now, is that possible every day? No, but I always have my teams work together and I like them to always be talking to each other and understand what the other ones are doing in case that person either gets sick, wants to go out on leave or, you know, wants to cross train. And, and I think one of the biggest things on innovation and keeping people excited is I'm also a big proponent for, of, you know, I, I don't have to be the smartest guy in the room and 99% of the time I'm not, you know, Hiring folks that are smarter than you and being willing to listen to their ideas and allowing them to participate in, you know, how do, how do we get this done? Because I've got some great ideas, but you know what? I found in very, very many cases that if I go talk to my folks, we're going to get a lot more innovative ideas out of the folks that are in the trenches, meaning the, the guys and gals that are doing the job every day and letting them you know, come up with ideas on how to, uh, you know, solve issues or come up with, um, you know, plans to get things done. I love that. I use it every day. And I think that's a great motivator because it, um, it shows your team, number one, that you trust them, but number two, that their ideas mean something. And when they do that, they're much more inspired to stay there. Uh, I, you know, as much as it may sound a little uh, patting myself on the back, my turnover rate as a, as a boss I, I can say has been pretty good because I try to te- uh, you know treat people like I would want to be treated. And um, training is another one, you know, allowing them to develop professionally and give training. Obviously, that's budget driven, but give them the chance anytime there's that's possible to grow. Listening to the team and giving them a chance and uh, letting the team come up with ideas. That's fantastic. I think some of your training in military has helped in this area as well, besides the fact that you've led many teams. Yeah. Keith, um, we have a motto at Direct Technology. We are the human side of tech. We want to learn more about you. So what is something that would surprise people about your background or interest? Well, one is that I have been a teacher, an adjunct professor, um, for the better part of 14 years. I got my master's degree in IT in 2002. And right after, right when I was getting ready to finish my master's program, um, I, I went to University of Phoenix and I was, one of my uh, uh, advisors, I had been talking to her about, you know, I said, I really love to teach because that was actually one of my first 
things I want, thought I wanted to do when I was younger was teach. So I talked to her and she says, well, it usually takes a year and a half because they want you to have some time between getting your degree to start teaching. And then they got, they started having issues. And about a year into it, I got the opportunity to start teaching for University of Phoenix. And I taught for them from 2003, I'm sorry, 2004 through 2014 um, when I went down to Orange County because I was a little tough there. I also taught at a Heald College for a period of time. And now I have the distinct pleasure, my very first time, um, I'm actually an adjunct professor at Boise State University teaching cyber. So teaching is my passion, uh, one of my passions, um, and I love it. And that's probably something I'm not sure everyone knows that uh, I've been a teacher for many, many years. And the other thing is, I think, is that, you know, I'm, I'm an East Coast guy. I spent most of my adult life in California, but I was born in Philly. And, uh, you know, I still have a lot of friends and family back in uh, the East Coast that I like to visit. And I still root for some of those East Coast teams. And, you know, <laughs> my Steelers are always, you know, competitive. And, and that's kind of my thing. That's great. Uh, I, I really didn't know that. Uh... You had a passion for teaching. I used to be also a uh, instructor at a business college uh, right after graduating from uh, Sac State. I think you're uh, back being an adjunct professor at your alma mater. Didn't you graduate from Boise? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. I, uh, I, I have a very checkered past, uh, <laughs> uh, Davood. I, I was on the 18-year baccalaureate program. I actually went to the Ohio State University. Um, and, and Oh, okay. I ended up leaving and graduating through the army. So it's a long, that's one of those things you have to have a, a separate podcast and that might probably put people to sleep. So, well, no, I doubt it. I, I'm sure people are going to be interested and I'm going to ask you when you get your PhD, I'd like you to be back for another podcast. <laughs> Knowing you, you probably will. <laughs> Keith, where can people find you and keep tabs on what you're doing, working on them? And how can people support your work? There's two things I'd like to add for the, or, you know, offer for this. I'm on LinkedIn and, you know, it's not, I'm the, probably one, the only Keith Tresh ever. Uh, the entire time I was in the army, I was the only Keith Tresh in the entire DOD, uh, Department of Defense email glossary or a contact list, I should say. So LinkedIn. And then um, we here have our own website and Idaho, we actually won third last year in the uh, MSI SACS uh, website competition um cybersecurity.idaho.gov okay and uh that is a place that we um and if anybody's got you know we we have resources there but if anybody wants to you know contact us and or you know has resources that we can help provide and they want to offer them that's a good place to go and look and make sure that uh they can stay in contact with us excellent well keith that was my last question I want to thank you so much for joining us today. And I want to thank to all the listeners out there for joining us as well. We will see you all in the next episode of Davood for Thought, where we will shed more light on the human side of tech.